It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Productions, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tirano. Uh, good evening and welcome back to Streetwise. This evening with my guests, we're going to be discussing a potential nuclear attack from an outside government. Uh, we're talking about probably in North Korea, but we're talking about a cyber attack. My guest on the line is the executive director of the EMP task force, and that's, you probably seen it on television, I'm sure you've seen him around, Electric Magnetic Pulse, and uh, he's the, again, executive director of the EMP. Task Force on National and Homeland Security, Director of the United States Nuclear Strategy Forum to Congress on Policies to Counter Weapons of Mass Destruction. We've heard that before. Uh, he's actually also on the staff, uh, at least he was and he probably still is on the Congressional Commission, you know, to uh, look into threats to the USA from in, in regard to this uh, EMT, the elect electromagnetic pulse attack also serving on the oh, Jesus, he's all over the place House Armed Services uh, Committee uh, he's worked with senior scientists who first dis- discovered this uh, phenomenon of EMP uh, I have to tell you this you've seen him on Fox News, you've seen him recently on Mark Levin, I have to talk about just mention his, uh, his books Blackout Wars Electric Armageddon uh, Apocalypse Unknown, The Long Sunday, pretty much all uh, connected what we're going to discuss tonight. It's my pleasure to uh, welcome to uh, Streetwise, Dr. Peter Pry. Dr. Peter, sorry you had to hang on here next a minute. Thank you uh, so much for having me. No, at all. Not at all. I look forward to the interview on your show. Right. Did I miss anything? I, I know you're all over the place. and I, yeah, It looks like you're trying to protect us, and I, I hope people realize that we, we could use people like you to look out for, for the, not only for our personal welfare, for the country. So, uh, you know, some people, like, I, I sent out a press release, of course, when you can be on, and uh, Twitter, and some people are really uh, unclear, you know, this electric, magnetic, Pulse. Uh, what is uh, obviously I'm aware of it because I, I you are going to be my guest. What exactly for the listeners? What that actually means, uh, Doctor Pry? Well, an electromagnetic pulse can be caused by the sun, and and the sun does call cause natural EMPs that affect uh, power grids, air travel uh, every year, uh, except they're only in countries at high northern latitudes like uh, Norway and Finland, countries that are up near the northern geomagnetic pole. Rarely do they uh, come down and affect uh, countries at mid-latitudes like the United States, but sometimes they do. You know, in 1989, there was an electromagnetic storm. Uh, They call them geomagnetic storms or solar storms uh, that affected Canada. It's called the 1989 Hydro-Quebec storm, and it blacked out half of Canada in 90 seconds and put part of the United States, northeastern United States, was also put into blackout temporarily for about a, for about a day, and it destroyed a extra high-voltage transformer at the uh, nuclear power plant in New Jersey. This transformer was uh, designed to carry uh, 
750,000 volts, okay? 750,000 volts, and it melted it in uh, 90 seconds. Now, that was just a, that wasn't the kind of thing we're worried about. That was just a, a somewhat more powerful, unusual geomagnetic storm because it, it affected the country at a lower latitude, Canada. What we're really concerned about uh, in terms of the natural EMP threat right. is the geomagnetic superstorm that happens once every 100 or 150 years, like the 1859 Carrington event. Oh. This would affect the entire world and would burn out electric grids, transformers, electronics across the entire world, world and put billions of lives at risk. And an EMP, to answer your question, let me get into that, uh, that a little more uh, in a more simple terms. Think of it as a, uh, to, like a radio wave, but it's got so much energy in it that it will burn out electronics when it comes in contact with it. I'm sure every, everybody listening to this radio show has had the experience of driving down the road in a car listening to the radio. And then you drive, uh, drive under a high voltage power line that crosses the road and you, and you temporarily lose the communications on your radio. Well, what's happened is you've passed through an electromagnetic field that was generated by that power, power line. Now picture that electromagnetic field simply being a billion times more powerful, you know, so that instead of just temporarily disrupting your radio, it actually burns the radio out, burns out all the electronics in your car, and your car comes to a stop, okay? Now picture that instead of being a localized phenomenon. Envision that covering all of North America. That's what could happen with a nuclear-generated EMP. Okay, nuclear well, when you say nuclear-generated, nuclear-generated, but I think you, 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 the concern is nuclear-generated by North Korea? Yeah, by North Korea, Russia, Russia China. China. Russia, China. Mm -hmm. Anybody who can get their hands on a nuclear weapon right. and, get, and get it to high altitude, you know, above 30 kilometers altitude, because that's where the EMP, basically in space and uh, above the atmosphere. Got it. That's where the EMP phenomena starts happening. And you can do that quite easily if you have a nuke, if you mm. get your hands on any kind of a nuclear weapon. You could use a weather balloon right. to get the, the warhead up above 30 kilometers. And uh, that 30 kilometers won't cover all of North America. It would cover an area that has a radius of 600 kilometers. Now, that would be more than enough to take down the whole eastern grid. The, mm. America has three electric grids, the eastern grid, the western grid, and the Texas grid. But if we just lose the eastern grid, uh, that would be the end of us as a civilization because 75% of our electricity is generated on the eastern grid. And most mm. of our population is supported by the eastern grid. So there'd be no coming back from that. And that could be done with one nuclear weapon, any kind of nuclear weapon, lofted by a weather balloon. Now you can do more sophisticated, more ambitious attacks, a satellite, for example, North Korea. It's got two satellites orbiting over us, the KMS-3 and the KMS-4, at the optimum altitude to put, if, if they were nuclear armed, we don't know if they are or not, but the EMP Commission suspects that they, that they are. If they were nuclear armed, uh, at the altitude that those things are at, they pass over us several times a day, they could put an EMP field over all of North America. That's all 48 United States, Canada, and a good chunk of Mexico, and put at risk, you know, burn out the electric grid over that whole area. And that would do us in as a civilization, and would be there'd be no coming back from that. The, uh, you could do it the, uh, with an ICBM. 
could do it with a, a missile launched off a ship, a short-range missile launched off a ship. That way you keep your fingerprints off the attack. A satellite keeps your fingerprints off the attack, right. too. You know, that's why deterrence won't necessarily work against a nuclear EMP attack, because you have to know who attacked you in order for deterrence to work. You know, if you can hide your identity and do the attack anonymously by launching doing it from balloon or doing it off a ship or by satellite, the reason a satellite could be anonymous is because there's hundreds of low-Earth orbit satellites, you know, and as soon as that satellite detonates, suppose the North Korean satellite, you know, has a super EMP weapon in it, right. and it, and it detonates, well, one of the first things that goes is our satellites and our satellite ground stations and our radars, because those things are very vulnerable to uh, picking up EMP, and that's the national technical means that we need to figure out who attacked us. So immediately it would basically blind us. And uh, those satellites also happen to be orbiting at the optimum trajectory, on the optimum trajectory for a uh, surprise EMP attack, because they they come at us from over the South Pole. They swing over the South Pole, come up from the south. And we don't have any ballistic missile early warning radars facing the south. We don't. And, and we don't have any interceptors. Our interceptors are all in Alaska and Northern California. Right, right. Looking, looking for the attack coming over the North Pole. And so, uh, you know, we're basically blind and defenseless from that direction. Right. Now, now one, the one, yep, but one time what nature would do, we, uh, man could do now, as far as this uh, knocking out our grid. So Yeah, and the nuclear EMP attack is yes. uh, actually worse, worse, far worse mm. than what a, a geomagnetic storm would do, because right. uh, uh, the fields are much more powerful. Although a geomagnetic storm, I mean, the Carrington event, it's going to kill... Billions of people have happened. They don't want to play it down. Right. Uh, now, it's, it's the Carrington event, the recurrence of a geomagnetic superstorm is worse than the sense that the whole world will be affected. You know, a nuclear weapon, one nuclear weapon wouldn't affect the whole world. It can affect the continent with a nuclear weapon. But because the curvature of the Earth, you can't get the field to cover, you know, the, uh, uh, the whole thing. You need several a weapon for every continent, basically, if you wanted to attack uh, everybody, uh, which isn't that hard. I mean, there aren't that many continents. Right. If one was crazy and wanted to do something like that. But, Dr. Prime, uh, but, uh, uh, in other words, we would have no warning, and we would not know who actually uh, who set this off? Exactly. That's right. Uh, that's one of the beauties of doing an EMP attack. Uh, uh. It's one of the easiest ways of making an attack with a nuclear weapon. It will maximize, it'll do the most damage because you'll kill a lot more people by taking out the grid. Even though the pulse, right. the pulse will pass harmlessly through your body, okay? So the pulse itself will kill you, but it's the indirect effect. Right. You know, the fact, because we can't live without the power grid. When the power grid goes down and, the, and when vehicles stop running, okay, and there's no gas, uh, everything, uh, water immediately right. stops. It takes billions of volts to, to feed, to pump water and purify water onto our cities. Food depends indirectly. I mean, it has to be transported to market. It has to be refrigerated. We've only got a 30-day food supply in this country for 320 million Americans at normal consumption rates. 30 days. And it will begin to spoil as soon as, as, soon as the electricity grid goes down. You know, so uh, how do you, you know, we tried hard when the EMP commission to think about, well, how do you keep 320 million Americans alive with no food and no water? I mean, you can't do it. You end up losing, well, we calculated we'd lose 90, we could lose up to 90% of the population uh, uh, if, if the blackout lasts a year. And the blackout 
If we lose 90% of our population, it's going to be permanent. I mean, you know, we, we, we won't exist as we'll be going figuratively and literally into new, new dark ages, you know, if we were to take such a loss of our population. And, wow. uh, it's hard to see how we could come back, you know, when the grid is out. Because this is not, you know, the kind of blackout people are used to, a temporary blackout. There would be such widespread destruction of SCADA systems, either supervisory control of data, little computers that run everything, yeah. of the big transformers that I described earlier, you know, uh, they're fundamental to running the grid. These things are not easily replaced. You know, we wouldn't, uh, there'd probably be no coming back from it, which is why the commission, I mean, ultimately it's a good news story. Uh, you know, uh, the good news is, is that we understand the EMP threat and, uh, it's not that hard to defend against it. Well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you have good news. Yeah, the Department of Defense has been doing it for 60 years. We, you know, we, we wow. were hard, we've been hardening military, many military systems, command and control systems, mostly strategic forces systems, not conventional forces, but our nuclear forces, uh, you know, we've been hardening them for 60 years. And so we know how to do it. And, you know, you can transfer those technologies to hardening the electric grid using uh, Faraday cages and blocking devices and surge arresters. And it wouldn't even be that expensive. You know, the commission estimated you know, it would cost between uh, 2 and $3 billion to uh, harden the grid, the national grid. But we've been trying for years. I now, mean, when, you say, when you say uh, harden the grid, what does that mean we can prevent this by hardening it? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, you, you know, you don't want to put your... There's no correct. really recovering from yeah, it if you're correct. not protected. You know what you want to do is prevent it from happening in the first place, yes. either by either by launching a preventive strike if you know who's getting ready to hit you. Right. But you might not because it can it, it, very likely it's so easy to do. You only need one weapon, right. so it would be easy to make a surprise attack. Another thing we advocate is space-based missile defense, so that if we see somebody suddenly launches a missile, you know, so that we can shoot it down. I mean, the best thing is to stop it from happening. In the first place, ever, okay? But uh, then if it does happen, you know, and if you if, it get, if, if your intelligence fails, they manage to do a surprise attack, and it gets past your missile defense, then the last resort, the last line of defense, and this is something we should do anyway because, um, you know, there's no defense against an EMP from the sun. You know, you can't shoot it down. There's no preempting it, and it will happen inevitably, you know, for sure. Uh, you know, and uh, we're actually overdue for that. But if we can harden the grid by, well, in the same way that your personal computer is hardened against lightning. Right. We call that E2 EMP. You know, uh, the uh, nuclear weapon generates, you know, there's three kinds of EMP that come out of the nuclear weapon. Uh, an E1 EMP that's much more powerful than lightning, and it covers a huge area. The E2 EMP is next. And it's like lightning, except instead of striking a point, again, it would cover all of North America with a field that's like lightning. So it's, it would be like everything getting hit by lightning. But everything, most things should be okay against that because we have designed our stuff, including your, the computer on your desk, to be hardened against lightning. And the reason you, you can actually see, when you go to plug your personal computer in, in most computers, the, the plug is, is, is big. It's, it's, uh, it looks fat. You know, it's bigger than a normal plug. And that's because you've got a little surge arrestor in the plug. And it's designed to stop, uh, when the lightning bolt, you know, hits a power line. It's designed to stop 
that E2 EMP from coming into your computer and burning it out. And, uh, you know, it, it comes on temporarily for the millisecond that's necessary to stop the lightning, and you go on your merry way with your computer. Now, that same kind of technology can be scaled up to deal with the right. E1 EMP that is made by a nuclear weapon and the E3 EMP that is made by the sun. Uh, and, uh, you know, you think of these things as super lightning, okay? You just need bigger, stronger, faster surge arresters, for example, is one technology to uh, cope with it. So we know how to cope with it, you know, and, uh, and we as a society have already dealt with a third of the problem, the E2 EMP from the natural lightning. You know, it's just a question of having the political will yes. to invest the, 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 the trivial resources that are necessary to uh, to uh, protect our cr- life-sustaining critical infrastructures from these other other kinds of uh, call that call it super lightning right. that can be, that can be made by uh, nuclear weapons and by the sun and by non-nuclear weapons too. I to sort of complete the threat. You know, we talked about the EMP threat from the sun, the EMP mm-hmm. threat from a nuclear weapon. Let me just add on the nuclear weapon thing so people understand that. You know, a nuclear EMP attack is not like, you know, the, the kind of nuclear, the kind of use of a nuclear weapon people thought about during right. the Cold War. Right. This is happening in outer space. If you were standing on the ground, you know, and the bomb detonated 30 or 100 kilometers over your head up mm-hmm. in space, you wouldn't even hear it, you know, because it's going off in a vacuum. You know, there'd be no blast that would reach the ground. There'd be no radioactive fallout, mm-hmm. you know, that... The, no thermal effects that would set things on fire. The only thing that would reach the ground would be the would be the EMP, and that would mm-hmm. pass harmlessly through your body. But God help you if you're on an airplane, you know, because the right. thing would probably crash out of the sky, uh, you know, uh, you know, and 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 with there'd be no water, no food, you know, cars wouldn't work. Basically, EMP subtracts technology from the equation of our civilization. Mm-hmm. And we are an electronic civilization and can't survive without tech technology. And so it would set us on a path. It's a high-tech way of killing millions of people the old-fashioned way, through starvation, disease, and societal right, collapse. Right, right. You know, you can kind of see on a small scale what happened in Hurricane Katrina. Think yes. of New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. And now imagine that nobody came to the rescue of New Orleans. Or look at Puerto Rico. You know, what happened to Puerto Rico? Right. You know, you know, we've got the... the for. You know, Puerto Rico still hasn't come back, you know, from the consequence of losing its electric grid. And we've had the 100, we've had virtually all of the emergency resources of the United States concentrated on that little island, and we still haven't gotten it completely, completely back. You know, mm-hmm. who's going to come to our rescue if North America suddenly right. loses its grid, you know? Well, uh, mm. Nobody. We saw what happened with uh, Hurricane Sandy on the East Coast, and that that knocked the heck out of us. So, yeah. but hardening yeah. the grid now would that be like a shield to prevent this from happening? The Faraday cages are like a shield. Uh, the surge arresters, as I described, are right. like a you know like a fast operating switch that that basically uh, creates a gap so that the pulse that breaks the connection, the electrical connection, but it happens right. so quickly. It happens in Would we have enough, Dr. Pry, would we have enough time to do that? If that happened? I mean, to to install that? Do we have the time uh, to do the, it? The time to, to use this, uh, to harden the grid, or like the shield, to protect us from that. In other well, words, a lot can be accomplished in six months, okay? Oh. 
Okay. I would recommend doing it on a Manhattan yes. station. Yes. When we made these recommendations, it was 2008, okay? That's I, I wanted to ask you, because a moment ago you talked about uh, political will. Now, I, I, I understand you brought this, obviously this was brought to the attention of Congress and the, and two former presidents. And, uh, and, and what has happened? What, I mean, what, how far have you gotten? Because then, there, what you're saying, a lot of us are just learning from you and your books and, and watching you on these talk shows, but Congress is aware of it and, President uh, Trump is aware of it, and prior to him, I, I, I think Obama and President Bush, that you guys brought it to their attention, your groups. Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, it was really the uh, end of the, the Bush administration, uh, Obama, uh, at the beginning of the Obama administration, right. when we delivered our recommendations Correct. in 2008, uh, you know, to uh, which described that basically provided a plan for hardening the grid and all the other life-sustaining critical infrastructures, and we were uh, we were hopeful that uh, that it would happen because uh, because in the past, you know, when congressional commissions, let me just explain a little bit here about what a congressional commission is. It's not just another opinion. You know, when when Congress or the president stands on a commission, it, 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 the purpose of that commission is to provide as best you can with the science and intelligence and the best strategic thinkers and scientists we have on the issue uh, uh, to provide a definitive answer for purposes of public policy. And uh, that's why these commissions typically are made of the best and brightest that we have. Our EMP commission had the, had, had the foremost EMP and intelligence experts in the world, in the free world anyway, uh, you know, working on this. Uh, for example, I mean, the chairman of the commission, who's still the chairman of the EMP task force, Dr. William Graham, you know, he was President Reagan's science advisor, mm. the director of NASA, and he was actually on the team, the, the team that discovered the EMP phenomenon right. back in the 1962 Starfish Prime test. Mm. Uh, I was in elementary school when he was huh. actually working on EMP, and he spent the rest of his life uh, while doing these other things, you know, helping the Department of Defense protect itself against the EMP phenomenon beginning in 1963. So this is the quality of mind we had. And when these guys tell you, you need to harden the grid, you know, in the past, or you need to deploy national missile defense. The only reason this country has a national missile defense, for example, is because of a congressional commission called right. the Rumsfeld Commission yeah. that foresaw that North Korea was going to get the bomb and get ICBMs before they did it. And Congress listened to them and deployed the National Missile Defense. So the system we use in commissions usually works pretty well. Okay. Um, the Marsh Commission was established during the Clinton administration, for example. Mm. And it foresaw, when nobody else did, that cyber warfare was going to be a thing of the future. Now, we're not as well prepared as we should be for cyber warfare either, but at least we did something. We actually have cyber security offices in the White House mm. and all the way down to the county level so that we've got some kind of infrastructure there for starting to protect ourselves against cyber in a way uh, where whereas we're completely unprepared for EMP. I mean, we haven't right. done anything like that. Uh, none of the commission recommendations were implemented by President Obama. And um, the Washington bureaucrats would disagree with me. Uh, in, in fact, the Obama administration did disagree mm. with, uh, with us. They, they, they did a GAO, General Accounting, Accountability Office, report that went in front of Senator Ron Johnson, okay, who's one of the good guys in this scenario. He's actually 
I'd say the national leader on EMP preparedness right now. He's the chairman of the Senate Homeland Security Committee. And he called in these Obama guys who did this GAO report, which said, oh, we've done a lot on EMP protection. More remains to be done, but we've made great progress. I mean, that, that was basically the kind of the gist of their of, of their what their report said in mm. terms of its title. And Johnson cross-examined them, and basically, the, the, and they admitted that what all the Obama administration had done was studies. They had done studies. And only in Washington can studies pass yes, or take action. Okay? In the real world, you know, people think of action as actually doing something. In the private Not world. Yeah. And having meetings and talking about it. Okay? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and there were uh, hidden in that report in an appendix, Senator Johnson pointed this out. You know, we went down the list on EMP recommendations. You know, have you hardened the transformers? No. Have oh. you hardened the status? No. Have you trained the personnel to be aware of and, and to know what to do if an EMP happens? No, 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 no. Yeah, but Not so, no Dr. Way. Price, so what does that mean when they, all your answers were no, and they're telling you that we're still, they're working on it. What does that actually mean? It's so basic. Well, I, I, I think, it, I think yeah. it's just another example. Yep. Uh, and as we have been learning over Correct. the past, you know, ever since President Trump became president, right. of how dishonest and corrupt and Correct. broken Correct. our government bureaucracy yep. is. It's rotten to the core that Washington isn't like the rest of America, you know, that they, they will, you know, mislead the average American into thinking they're doing things Correct. that are necessary to protect Americans' lives right. when they're really sitting on their duffs, having meetings, collecting very highly high salaries to produce paper studies. Instead of, if we spent the money on hardening the grid and they spent studying the problem, we'd probably Correct. be okay by now. Correct. You know, right. uh, back in 2008, when we first submitted those recommendations and we thought the government would act on them, you know, we estimated that moving at a normal pace, that it would take about three and a half years to get the grid protected at a normal pace because right. that's the replacement rate. You know, when the skaters wear out or they need to be repaired, mm-hmm. about it takes about three and a half years to go through the whole system. And by that time, without rushing or anything, but just normal, normal, moving at the normal Correct. pace, maintenance that they would be able to take care of the problem and had they done that we'd already be protected and i wouldn't have to be on this radio show right but they did nothing they did nothing and now north korea's got a hydrogen bomb and and it's old and it's got a super emp weapon at two days after they they tested their hydrogen bomb on the september 2nd which they described Mm. as being designed for super emp attack they also published a technical report called the EMP Might of Nuclear Weapons, which accurately describes how a super EMP weapon works. Mm. A super EMP nuclear weapon, I've, I've said that, a, that any kind of a nuclear weapon could be used for EMP, but if you could make a super EMP wow. weapon, that's the ideal thing, because it, it's actually, it has a very low yield, all right, but it has, it puts out a lot of gamma rays, which is what makes the most destructive EMP effect. And we're we, we think North Korea has got that. They know how to, they certainly have proven that they know how to build one right. in, in their technical reports. And here we are. I mean, what was Washington's response? I mean, that was in September. And at the end of that month, they shut down the EMP commission. Okay? I mean, this is an example of uh, the stupidity of only Washington. So are you saying, uh, Doctor, I want Peter Pry, are you saying that the EMP commission is shut down while we're speaking right now? Yes, it was. Uh, its last day was on 30 September, one month after North Korea tested the hydrogen bomb, okay. and uh, and uh, and 
roughly one month after they published that technical report. But, well, what happened was, you know, uh, it, obviously, I mean, obviously, you're submitting all, all the. Uh, you, you're like a scientist, or you probably are yourself. Uh, you're presenting uh, what should be a priority in the world right now. So why, yes. my, my, yes. Yeah, so uh, it should be number one on everything. The highest priority. The highest. Exactly. Should be yes. Yes. Existential threat to our civilization. Exactly. You know, yep. and uh, you know, mm. uh, you know, it comes from nature. It can come from. North Korea or anybody that got, got a right. nuclear weapon. And I didn't even talk about the non-nuclear EMP weapons. It can mm. come from non-nuclear EMP weapons. Okay. And it's, it's also part of this new way of warfare that Russians, the Chinese, right. the North Koreans, ah. the Iranians have conceived, you know, that utilizes a combination of cyber attacks, you know, physical sabotage, you know, where you would send in commandos with rocket-propelled grenade right. launchers right. guns to shoot up EHV transformers, uh, non-nuclear EMP weapons called free radio frequency weapons. But then the biggest stick, the thing that, you know, will guarantee you most is the nuclear EMP attack. That's the ultimate thing. Now, any one of these things, cyber, physical oh, sabotage, boy. you know, non-nuclear uh, radio frequency weapons or EMP weapons, any one of them on their own could black out the grid kill 90% of Americans, Uh, you know, and uh, people, and we are so backward and failing to understand the enemy threat that we've, that people in these disciplines are arguing with each other over who has priority, who should get priority. You need to protect against all of them. If you just read the military textbooks that are written by the Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans, the Iranians, they... There are open sources where their military textbooks describe using all four of them. Because that just makes sense, that if you're going to go and try to kill the emperor, try to kill the United States, you know, you're going to throw in the kitchen sink and do everything. Yeah, so a lot of these countries are capable. I understand Israel is also capable of doing that as well with uh, with their with their missiles in other words they're capable of also uh, affecting our grid obviously uh, it's uh, it's obviously well, I wouldn't imagine that Israel would No I, I know that but they have the capability so in other words not just North yeah. Korea China and Russia sure. well, right Pakistan, Pakistan, Pakistan right and yes they've got hmm. nuclear, uh, nuclear nuclear yeah, weapons. I think Iran has already got the bomb Iran, I mean, yeah I'm just going to ask Frank mm. I mean I'm really surprised that the Republicans yeah. just take the word of the Obama intelligence community that Iran doesn't have the bomb. Right. You know, I mean, they, they, they of course, Obama. Why should Why community. should they not have it? He gave them billions of dollars in cash. I mean, well, not <laughs> only that, but, but we knew that prior right. to 2003, it, it's in the International Atomic Energy Agency reports right. that they that they had done implosion tests, that they had bridge wire detonators, and they were manufacturing neutron initiators. Mm. Now, if you go back to the U.S. Manhattan Project. When we were doing those things, you know, we were only a couple of months from being able to complete our top two atomic bombs. Mm. And, uh, you know, those are tech, and, and they, so they have crossed, we know for a fact that they crossed those technological thresholds. You know, so why would they not have the bomb by now? I mean, they, they did all those things before right. 2000. We mm. also saw them practicing EMP attacks using their Shahab 3 missiles. Mm. They practiced them several times, launching them to high altitude to test fusing. You know, to see if they could fuse. Uh, now, they didn't detonate a, a, a weapon, but they were doing high-altitude fusing tests that, that, as Dr. Graham told Congress, really has no other explanation except it's a clear signature of practicing EMP. And I'm actually more worried about the Iranian 
uh, nuclear program. Why is that? I know I saw that. Why are you more concerned with them as opposed to, let's say, uh, Kim Jong from North Korea? Because North Korea, when a country like North Korea, and I, I don't minimize the threat from North Korea, I'm worried about them too, okay? Right. Uh, they're a serious threat. But right. When, a, when North Korea engages in its saber rattling and it's obviously and wants to use its nuclear weapons for, for, for nuclear diplomacy and blackmail. Yeah. Okay? Yes. Uh, when you keep it secret, as mm. the Iranians have, the only reason for that is you plan to use it, you know, because you want to surprise your enemies. Right. And, and, uh, and so they, that worries me a lot more. And, it, mm. and I find it enormously frustrating that, that our, and even the Republicans in Congress, you know, go along and get along with this fiction. That, that, North, that Iran is not yet a nuclear weapon state. You know, uh, uh, you know the evidence, the Israelis think they've got the bomb. Right. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they there was an know. article uh, where anonymous Israeli intelligence officials, and I've been to Israel and talked to their top people, and they think that Iran has got the bomb, and why, the, why shouldn't they? I mean, right. it's just really common sense. I mean, if you think about it, just let me give you a, a, a fact here about... Uh, you know, the Manhattan Project, we were using 1930s and 1940s era technology, and nobody even knew if a new, uh, atomic bombs could be built, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a theoretical gleam in Albert Einstein's eye. Right. And, but it only took us three and a half years to not only build two atomic bombs of a completely different design, okay? Uh, one was an implosion device, and the other was a gun device, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but we also built all the infrastructure that was necessary to become, to launch our nuclear weapons program in the 1950s and then build hundreds of bombs. And we did that in three and a half years, just three and a half years using 1940s technology. And we had to re- and basically invent the wheel, you know, because it had never been done before. And three and a half years. Now, Iran has been working on the bomb for 30 years. And they've, had, and they've had access to modern technology, you know, the current technology. It's gotten help from North Korea, Russia, China. Right. You know, uh, how is it possible? Are they, could they possibly be that stupid? I mean, you know, no, they couldn't be that stupid. You know, there are unclassified, you can get the Manhattan Project design. I mean, uh, we have, there are unclassified, uh, blueprints for atomic bombs that are out there in the open. Literature and even for hydrogen bombs, people have forgotten. But back in the Carter administration, there was a huge controversy um, started by I think it was called the Progressive Magazine that they had gotten hold of a design for hydrogen bomb and they wanted to publish it. And the Carter administration tried to stop them, and it actually went up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided in their favor and said favor of the Progressive Magazine saying, oh, it's a First Amendment thing. And uh, and you can go back to the Progressive Magazine, uh, you know, and find a design for a hydrogen bomb, you know, in our own, liter- in our own literature. You could you probably, know, so, I guess we could Google it, I would imagine. Yeah, you could probably Google it, you know. And, <laughs> Just uh, amazing. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I, I, I find it with all of that, it's almost inconceivable to me and to many of my colleagues. Correct. You know, I really don't know anybody in the... Uh, small community who are of nuclear weapons experts, people who really understand nuclear weapons design. I don't know anybody who doesn't think Iran, you know, doesn't have the bomb yet. Right. Yeah, this joint, uh, the JCPOA, the so-called Iran nuclear deal, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, is such a joke if you, if you understand 
and it's a dangerous joke. It's a dangerous fiction, you know, because it 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 convinces people. I mean, the assumption underlying it is that Iran doesn't have the bomb yet, and that at least it slowed them down. But that's that's a huge intelligence failure, you know. That's a pearl. That's a nuclear pearl harbor type intelligence failure, you know, uh, uh, for for people to go along with that uh, that fiction. Yeah. But anyway, that's a that's a another issue that our commission tried to uh, has tried to argue and uh, and tried to educate uh, Congress and uh, the White House on. You know, thank goodness. Uh, I should I, I should uh, give uh, you know we need, do need to give uh, enormous credit here. President Trump, people shouldn't get the impression that he doesn't know or care about this. Yes. He's the first, he's the first president back in September. He's the first president that had the courage to include EMP and protecting the electric grid mm. in his national security strategy. You know, it's in his, it's, it's in the president's new national security strategy. Mm. Senator Ron Johnson also deserves enormous credit yeah. because he passed a bill called the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act, CEPA. And that act directs the Department of Homeland Security to uh, start planning and preparing to protect the electric grid and other critical infrastructures and to recover them from from an EMP. Mm-hmm. Now, so there are people, high, very high-ranking people, who care about this, including President Trump himself. But why and, wouldn't anybody not care about that? I, I know what you're saying, well, that Ron Johnson I, I, said, but why prior to that? Why there was no, why you, you couldn't get an open ear for the, for the previous administration? And knowing how serious, you know, that should be priority number one in anyone's, uh, I mean. You, 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 know, can get, you know, President Trump's just, National Security Council had right. many times, many times to brief them, okay? And they're, uh, you know, and the people that he appointed are good people and right. obviously wanted to do something about the problem. We couldn't get in the Obama White House to see anybody on the NSC staff. They didn't right. invite us or, or respond to any of our letters even one time. And the reason is that, you know, is basically there are a number of reasons. There are ideological wow. reasons. But, but let me take, take, take through some of them, okay? First of all, you know, one of President Obama's main goals was a world without nuclear weapons. He was in pursuit of this idea that we could convince right. the world, including Iran and right. North Korea, to give up their nuclear weapons program. Yes, that would be a, that would be a fairy tale. But yes, yes, if, yeah, if the world would, would do that, yeah. In order to sell that fairy tale, you know, they 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 basically their argument was: look, in order to be a significant nuclear weapons state, you know, you need to have many nuclear weapons, and you'll you have to technologically rival the United States, mm-hmm. and they would never be able to catch up with us. So. The nuclear weapons have no utility for these countries, but if you but if you let EMP EMP just knocks that narrative into a top hat because you you don't need a sophisticated weapon you only need one weapon you could use a balloon for delivery and it gives you an assured destruction capability basically against the United States so they didn't want to hear about EMP because it made non credible their fairy tale pursuit of a world without nuclear weapons. Right. It also threatened the Iran nuclear deal, which was one of Obama's highest That's foreign policy goals, correct. because the verification provisions in the JCPOA are are like Swiss cheese. I mean, it's just so full of holes, you know. Uh, uh, you know that all they had to do, if they were cheating on it, all they had to do was just hide one nuclear weapon from us, hmm. and 
there are many of these military underground shelters that are uninspected. They could have dozens of comet bombs, and we wouldn't even know about it. Uh, so, it, it uh, so the EMP uh, doesn't fit in with the narrative that was necessary to claim that the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action was a credible, verifiable deal that would protect us from all nuclear contingencies from Iran. And then, of course, there's climate change, global warming, which was a, you know, which was a high objective of the Obama administration. Correct. Yes. And the global warming people, the environmentalists, uh, hated coal, uh, nuclear power, and hydropower. Okay. And uh, and uh, you know they wanted to replace all of these things eventually with uh, uh, natural renewable energy sources like solar and tidal and windmills and things like that. That's another fairy tale. Exactly. Fantasy, okay? Exactly. If you're looking at preparedness to, pr to protect our electric grid, all right, uh, uh, from EMP, cyber, physical sabotage, hydropower, nuclear, and coal are actually the most survivable, robust forms of electrical energy. So you don't want to cut back on that. You might even want to increase it because it makes your grid more robust to rely on that. And uh, so the EMP Commission recommendations that these were good for our national security, you know, went against the objectives of the global warming people uh, in the Obama administration who were everywhere. Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and, you know, everywhere, but everywhere, but nowhere, really. Yeah, face these things out. And these people are still there. That's correct. That, that's, that's why we haven't even now, a year into President Trump's administration, well, into, under President Trump's presidency, I should say, yeah. been able to make progress. And I, I can tell your audience this because I've been an eyewitness to it. We were, mm. our commission was stood up. I mean, during the, last year of the Obama administration and into the first year of the Trump administration. So I can kind of tell you the reality as an eyewitness about how we're going in the Trump administration. And the sad reality is, well, we have President Trump, and I, I, he's a great president, and I support him and everything, right. but we, have, we don't have a Trump administration. You know, we have a mm. Obama administration still. You know, President Trump hasn't been able to get his people you know, it's so slow. You know, he's got one half to one quarter of the appointees. And and the appointees that he does assign to these uh, positions um, don't seem to understand that they need to fire the staff that they have in these age departments and agencies. Not that easy. Yeah he, has to clear, yeah, he has to clear up uh, uh, what he inherited first before he can really uh, do these things that we would like to see him do, which we know he would do, like you said, if he, if he had the support from, from, from the people exactly. that surround him. It's, exactly. Yeah. People are mm. policy, especially in Washington. I think President Trump, having never served in any political office, had the uh, misconception that these mm. permanent bureaucrats, you know, uh, and, and, and the Obama holdovers, the Obama holdovers, right. including his, in his own White House, were what were in what you would call in the business world professionals and knowledgeable you can, yes yeah you, you can hire a lawyer and he will be a professional and you can, you can pay him to argue either side of a case with equal competency yes. these people are not that way you know the reason they're in washington in the first place is they're highly ideological and uh they're not going to betray no. their 
deeply held ideological beliefs, which is their whole reason for being in those positions, right. they're going to fight like hell to defeat the Trump administration policies. And I saw them doing that with my own eyes. You know, uh, I mean, we would have meetings with these guys and say, you know, the president has, has declared in his national security strategy that this is a, 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 a an emergency. This is a high priority. So how come you're not going to act, act on it? And, uh, uh, and they had no answer for that, you know, except except to basically, uh, you know, spout Obama administration, you know, lines where right. you know, a lot of times they wouldn't even want to talk to us or have debates about it. Mm. Uh, and, and, and instead of even trying to defend or explain themselves, we could see them following opposite policies from what they should be doing to implement the president's policies. But and this P, isn't just yeah. the DMP, by the but way. Dr. But Dr. P, the whole government on every issue Correct. that the president was elected on, including the wall, okay, where they worked yes, against, basic, where they were working yeah. against the president. Well, I think that's the whole, the whole narrative, but uh, Dr. Peter Pry, I have to ask you, what about now the press is aware of this uh, this priority, and yet they they, 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 uh, they rather talk about his ex-girlfriends or whatever, as opposed to something that really, like you said, not only affects this country, it could affects the, affect the whole world. So uh, I don't know where their head is as well, the press. You know, they can't be that stupid, or they can't hate They can't hate him that much to sacrifice the, the country and the world. Oh, yes, they can. They, uh. they certainly can. Even before President Trump was elected. For example, um, I, I see the mainstream liberal media when we're talking about the press. I'm right. not talking about the conservative Correct. Media. Exactly. Right. Thank you. Uh, yes. You know, but the mainstream liberal media, uh, uh, for example, uh, before President Trump came along, you know, their, their, their favorite, uh, their most hated figure was Newt Gingrich. Okay. Right. And, um, and, uh, uh, Newt Gingrich was a leader on, uh, on trying to get the country protected against DMP. And uh, when he ran for president, he was the first presidential candidate to raise DMP in a, in a public speech. And the New York Times uh, ran a headline that the day after uh, Newt Gingrich raised DMP that belittled him and said he had tinfoil on his head. And they found these... Uh, these left-wing, uh, left-wing professors and self-declared EMP experts, these people knew nothing about EMP. I mean, that's another thing about the press, especially the liberal mainstream right. media. They are so ignorant of technology I and was science. just going to say that. They it's don't the, know the difference between a real EMP expert. It's the ignorance. Right. That's why they, they, they didn't like uh, no ignorance, because right. of their, their and, ignorance. And they were, yeah. They're so blinded by their right. their, their hatred yes. that uh, they don't really care. I mean, if they if they could destroy Newt Gingrich, right. uh, they they don't care if it means the destruction of the country. And I and, and besides, they're so arrogant that, yeah, they, exactly. that they believe they have the truth. Okay, they're so convinced they have the truth, and that and that Newt Gingrich is the embodiment of evil. That mm. anything Newt Gingrich believes can't be true. Okay, just like anything any conservative believes can't be true. Right. If they conceded that, it would destroy their whole worldview. Okay, mm. and so they uh, they are fanatically, blindly. Uh, 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 there's a, actually a cottage industry on the left, sort of dedicated mm. to belittling uh, EMP and getting the science wrong. And uh, but uh, but uh, but but I do want to yeah. say, yes, there are heroic Democrats because. EMP has been a bipartisan. There has, has been a bipartisan. When the EMP commission was reestablished, it was done on a bipartisan basis. The Democrats and Republicans all supported it. Senator Johnson's Critical Infrastructure Protection Act passed mm. on a bipartisan 
basis, and I mean a huge bipartisan basis. Every member of the House and every member of the Senate supported it. And there are uh, uh, surprising, you know, for example, Yvette Clark, who's a, you know, liberal, black Democrat from New York City. She's actually the co-chairwoman of the Congressional EMP Caucus, and, and she has spoken heroically about about this. So, you know, there are, there are uh, it's been a bipartisan issue. Even President Obama, I mean, I have to give him his due. Right. You know, President Obama did uh, quietly spend a billion dollars to further harden uh, NORAD headquarters inside Cheyenne Mountain right. against an EMP attack from North Korea, mm. and he launched, wrote an executive order out right. to to study, at least, to study the natural EMP threat from the sun. Now, uh, from the uh, sun, the DCF, from the sun, but not, okay. Uh, I wish he would come out of the closet on it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he, he, you know he, he was very quiet, didn't want to meet with us, and he did these things sort of sotto voce, you know. Right. Uh, right. You know, but his main thing, I wish, if he, if he had given the, the profile and the effort and the energy to EMP, that, uh, that he gave to climate change, Correct. this country would be protected now, and he would be a, a huge hero in my eyes. But he, right. he failed in that responsibility. You know, he didn't have his priorities straight. And, just, and it's just an example of the ideological blindness on, uh, on, the, on the left, where exactly. Obama had the opportunity yes. in his hands to be a great president. If he had just done he that, did. it would have made him a great he, president. He blew it. Instead, he, he actually he blew it. He blew it. Yeah, yeah he, he could have been. Yes, could have made history, but he's going to make the wrong history. That's that's what's sad about it, you know. So, but of course he's going to take. He rather would target the sun than say uh, Iran or or China or Russia. That that pretty much made it easier for him to do that, you know. Because he's I not. Mean, the reason he lost uh, eight years was because of the Obama administration. Yes. You know? Our recommendations came, were on his doorstep at the beginning of his watch, and he ended up really. I mean, he, you know, he spent the money in the military area, but did but did nothing to protect our our civilian critical right. infrastructure. The American people, you know, hardening Cheyenne Mountain isn't gonna isn't gonna save you know any Ameri- any lives of civilians. Right. Uh, and, uh, and 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 it's a bitter irony that you know we go to great lengths to harden Air Force One. And the presidential helicopters, um, you know, there's a, there's a special provisions made to harden and keep alive members of Congress yes. and, and the elites in Washington. Correct. Shelters and everything. Yeah. Or the people that pay the taxes that make all that possible. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Constitution requires us to provide for the common defense. Right. You know, uh, there's no reason why the average American shouldn't have the same security that the President of the United States and Congress does. Well, you said arrogant. That's exactly why, because they think they're deserving of it, and they're they're in a special group as opposed to everyone else in in this country. That's why they're entitled to it, Uh, and uh, and they inherited what was there before them. So it's an entitlement that, that we don't deserve, but they do. And meanwhile, uh, it's, it's a mind-boggling. Now, the other concern is uh, is that we're dealing with countries with electric magnetic pulse like Iran or even North Korea, who many of us believe that in plain English they are head cases and not concerned about life or death, you know, as we are the civilized uh, World, so they could uh, at any moment uh, they could implement 
this uh, EMP because because of that their, their their upbringing or their way of life or that's a very profound observation that most people don't get. You know, if one of the hardest things I found to get people to understand is to is to see to understand the worldview of our potential adversaries. Yes, because it's very different in these totalitarian states, and and these different societies have who have fundamentally different cultures. You know, the average American always projects our own values and our own culture onto everybody else. You know, and people will say, oh, don't the, Irani- the Iranians and the North Koreans, Kim Jong-un, you know, yeah. they have children. They say, don't they want a good life? I mean, they're basically just like us, really, uh, you know, with perhaps some, some differences because of their history and the rest of those differences aren't that important, that we have more in common than we have different. And that is not true. Exactly. I mean, the Ulus who run Iran, for example, yes. you know, when you read their literature and you look at their uh, how they see the world and all the rest, they don't care about Iran and Iranian people. You know, they see themselves in the in the in the end time, in the Quranic eschatolo- eschatological end time, and they they have a first imam meeting uh, or twelfth imam meeting in, in Tehran every year. You know, they they think that we're on the verge of the return of the twelfth imam, you know, which is the end time in their right. in their yeah. holy book, and they're constantly looking looking for signs of the end time. Their objective is to win the spiritual struggle so that Allah and Islam prevails over all the infidel beliefs. Iran is just a means to that end. I mean, Iran is like, uh, you know, as far as they're concerned, it's as dispensable as a suicide bomber. Right. You know, a suicide bomber. You know, what is the, what is Iran and the lives of the people of Iran matter compared to this larger spiritual struggle Correct. for the soul of the universe? Uh, you know, the, uh, they see themselves as in that role. And if they could realize this, if they think the time is right, you know, if the tea leaves tell them, now is the time, because... In, in, in their in their checklist, yes. you know, before the twelfth Imam comes back, they've got to defeat the infidel yeah. and uh, you know destroy the infidel. As a matter of fact, people, why do you think I'm a dinishad? If people really understood their ideology, remember when he came and talked to the Columbia University, mm. and he also was at the United Nations. You know, they have to warn the infidel three times, and and those were two. And they've done it more than three times. Uh, you know, in order to be good with Allah before they before they. Right. execute the, uh, the attack. So there's a countdown going on, and we have no idea, you know, how how close these guys think we are. But they but they think but they think we're very close, you know, because they've actually they've actually built a uh, a road from the well where the twelfth Imam oh. oculated you know, back in the seventh century or something, you know. So because they expect him to return from that well, you know, so that mm. he will ride a white horse into uh, into uh, into the capital, and um, uh, p- part of what they've got to do too is take out Israel. By the way, correct. And, uh, well, we and he's going to rule, uh, you know, the world from uh, Jerusalem. And EMP fits into that very well because it enables you to basically, you know, take out the Jewish state without destroying, without physically destroying the capital of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's uh, that's that's how they think. That on the North Korean side, in some respects, it's even worse. I mean, at least uh, at least the uh, Iranians believe in some kind of god. You know, in North Korea, Kim Jong Un is god. He's the god. I mean, oh boy. Yeah, officially, uh, you know, he's officially, you know, they all but declare him that. And, and uh, you know, he was uh, he was born under Kong Yong Song, which is a 
by the way, the satellites are named for that. There's this, uh, it's sort of the antithesis of the star of Bethlehem. They're, uh, the guy who's, there was a great conqueror, uh, in, uh, I think it's 1222 BC, who founded North Korean civilization by defeating the Chinese Shang dynasty and kicking them out of Korea. And he was the founder of civilization. And he was supposedly born on Mount, Mount Taiku under this conqueror's star. And, uh, our star of Bethlehem is the star of the Prince of Peace and Freedom, okay? And their star is for this uh, conqueror and uh, tyrant. And um, uh, Kim Jong-un, his father and his grandfather, were all supposedly born on Mount Taiku under this star. Uh, so, I mean, that makes him equivalent to this demigod like Danjun, who right. goes back to the, you know, 12th century B.C. And uh, 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 in the state media, they routinely report Kim Jong-un performing supernatural acts and, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes a halo appears around his head. I mean, this idea that Kim, you know, I constantly read in the newspapers about how, you know, maybe Kim Jong-un is doing some, certain things to to uh, appease, you know, part of his constituency or his people or uh, right. the elites around him. And what nonsense, you know, as if... As if North Korea is subject to the same kind of interest. Yeah, it's again, no, again, I'm it's so it's, charged. Yeah, I mean, he is like mm. he is like Caligula, you know, and we, uh, except to, uh, equipped with a national security apparatus, right. that Caligula would envy. We you know, can't, he, we can't defeat their beliefs. That's one of, uh, and people have to realize that, you know, that's a different right. way this, this of, guy, Caligula you know, armed with nuclear weapons, and right. uh, you know, he. Can, Wow. Uh, and people who tend to say their God. Quickly, we ran out Dr. Peter Pry. I hate to say, we ran out of time. His, his books are Blackout Wars, Electric Armageddon, Apocalypse Unknown, and The Long Sunday. Just quickly, 30 seconds, how can we help you in this endeavor that affects the world? Don't wait for Washington. Okay, uh, good. Black, blackout Wars will tell you how you could start a movement in your own state. You know, Blackout There's Wars. A, you have to. You hear that, folks? That's one of the important books of Doctor Doctor Peter Pry. Thank you. You enlighten many of us. Thank you. Thank you. Hope to talk to you soon again, Doctor Peter Pry. Thank you so much for having thank, me. Yes, it was our pleasure. This is uh, thanks for listening to Streetwise. Uh, this is Lou Talano, and I'll catch you later.